On January 5th, 2021, one day before the deadly insurrection at the U.S. Capitol by Donald Trump supporters, there was another breach of a government building in Northern California. Dozens of people, angered by COVID-19 lockdowns, let themselves into a Shasta County government building. There, the Board of Supervisors was holding a meeting. While most of the supervisors dialed in remotely, angry residents nevertheless let them have it. You guys are hiding. This is unacceptable. What are you guys hiding? You guys feel the pushback yet? Look at this crowd here. We are pushing back, and I know you guys are scared. That's why you're not here in this room. While some of the rhetoric was extreme, there were no smashed windows, no tear gas or loss of life. But many of those Shasta County critics share the same anti-government grievances and conspiratorial beliefs of those who stormed Washington, D.C. on January the 6th. And some wanted to take their fight national. I'm Gustavo Ariano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the L.A. Times. Today's June 3rd, 2021. Benjamin Netanyahu is expected to be ousted as Israel's prime minister. A UCLA economic forecast predicts California will rebound from the pandemic with a, quote, euphoric recovery. And more and more great white sharks are being spotted off Cape Cod and Massachusetts. No truth to the rumor that they are wearing Boston Celtics jerseys. Today, I speak with my LA Times colleagues Anita Chabrier and Haley Branson Potts about the troubles in Shasta County. We'll also speak to a controversial militia member and to the activist whose comedic trolling of him has the activist worrying for his own safety. Anita Chabrier and Haley Branson Potts cover Northern California for The Times. Over the past couple of years, each have covered the rise of anti-government groups in the region. Anita says the COVID-19 lockdowns further fueled that movement in Shasta County. I think that's exactly right. This has been around for a long time, but it was really two things happening at once. Trump, who is very, very, very popular in these areas, losing the election, and then the coronavirus lockdowns really set this movement on fire. Yeah, and at some militia members and some just residents start to create these online videos to help grow the movement and spread its message, right? So what you've seen up in Shasta is this very sophisticated uh, attempt to both monetize and turn into a media company and spread this movement about uh, taking back local government. And really their tagline is drain your own swamp. So they're taking that Trump movement, all that Trump energy that now has no place to go. This group up there is hoping that if they're successful in Shasta, they can kind of export that other places. There's been one group in particular that has stirred that proverbial pot. They call themselves the Cottonwood Militia. What's their story and what are their uh, stated political goals? You know, Cottonwood is a, a very tiny kind of two-road town right on the border of the county. Law enforcement up there is very uh, thin. There aren't a lot of deputies. And this particular town felt like they weren't getting the, the sheriff's patrols that they needed. And so about 10 years ago, a little over that, they had a series of break-ins in town. And in response to that, they formed the Cottonwood Militia as sort of their own neighborhood patrol, albeit a heavily armed one um, that has since then grown to stretch all the way up through Modoc County. So it's really expanded quite a bit. They have scholarships, they run a boys camp, 
uh, but they do military training in the woods and they're heavily armed. So there is a, a real sense that they are their own force to be reckoned with in the area. You have this Cottonwood militia. You have this resistance to coronavirus pandemic shutdowns, this popularity of Donald Trump. You have this long history of secessionist movements up in Northern California. And then Haley, now it's coming to a head in a very public fashion during these board of supervisor meetings. It's been building all year. And it did really come to a head in January. On January 5th, the day before the U.S. Capitol was stormed, there was a county supervisors meeting in Shasta County. And this was supposed to be a remote meeting. Um, this was right, you know, at the heart of the winter surge. Cases were rising there as they were throughout the state. And what happened was two county supervisors unlocked the doors and they had an unauthorized in-person meeting and in flooded dozens of people who were furious about all of this. Here's one of them, Kimberly Pullen. Two of the supervisors were there in person and three watched virtually. Those are the three that are currently up for recall. People said that, you know, they weren't willing to to face their constituents. There was all of this fury over the coronavirus, what was happening locally. But there was also talk about Trump and about Biden. And the speeches there just had these very violent threats, um, talk of of civil war and revolution. And one man stood there and he said, um, he said, when the ballot box is gone, there's only the cartridge box. And he said, you've made bullets expensive, but luckily for you, ropes are reusable. And the man we're about to hear, whom Haley just referred to, is Timothy Fairfield. The days of your journey are drawing to a close. So when the ballot box is gone, there is only the cartridge box. You have made bullets expensive, but luckily for you, ropes are reusable. Thank you. And so the speeches at these supervisors' meetings have become increasingly tinged with violence. And it's, um, it's where you're seeing a lot of this anger kind of play out. We'll have more after this break. Anita, there's many militias across the country and secessionist movements as well. During the Trump administration, we saw them rise up in Oregon and Michigan. What makes what's happening in Shasta County different? First, I just want to be really clear that the folks that they are trying to recall are conservatives. So this is absolutely a movement to replace conservatives with a far right what what they consider a constitutionalist government. So what they're saying is that Shasta County is not beholden to the state or the federal government, a, a insurgency against local government that would allow local government to act independent of state and federal laws. And I think that what makes this so interesting is that they perhaps have a shot at turning this government far right. In one of the stories that both of you wrote, you profiled the local activist who has been antagonizing the Cottonwood militia and other conservative residents of Shasta County by satirizing them online. Uh, Nathan Pickney, that led him to being assaulted. And police originally portrayed him as a bad guy, but the reporting on your story showed otherwise. What actually happened? 
the police put out a press release that did seem to contain some inaccuracies. The police say that those are not inaccuracies. It was just a brief summary of events. But the Times reporting did find that there were things that I would call an inaccuracy, uh, such as Nathan Pinckney, um, the, the comic, was punched by a uh, associate of Zapata's inside Nathan Pinckney's restaurant. Carlos Zapata is a militia member who has also been extremely active in both the recall and this documentary about it, who's really becoming sort of a media star around this of a recall and an armed insurgency if it doesn't work. Thank you so much for your time, Anita and Haley. Thanks a lot. Coming up, we'll talk to the political activist and comic Anita just mentioned, whose online videos that troll the Cottonwood militia has led to some not-so-funny consequences. Nathan Pinckney is a former Air Force security officer who now goes by the stage name Nathan Blaze. In online videos, he has mocked the Cottonwood militia, especially its most prominent member, Carlos Zapata. In early May, Pinckney and Zapata got into an altercation at a restaurant in the city of Reading, where Pinckney worked. Police say that Zapata threw a drink at his antagonist and that an associate later punched Pinckney. Police also say the N-word was used during the confrontation. So, Nathan, you're a black man in a super white, super conservative area of Northern California. No one would hold it against you if you just stayed quiet. So why speak up, especially in the satirical way that you do? Um, so it's something I've been kind of doing up here for years. I, uh, I've been writing this page called Writing Be Like, and I started it in 2017. Just jokes about the, the weird quirks about this town, you know, all the kind of redneck stuff, just the things that everybody around here would laugh at. Um, and then it sort of just... I would say evolved, but possibly say devolved into uh, having more of a political sort of uh, voice about it. Um, especially last year, um, I was very active in the in the Black Lives Matter protests, and then so when this you know sort of recall thing came around, when I saw it to these same people in these same groups um, that were supporting this recall against the supervisors, they were just simply doing their best to try to keep everybody safe, you know. And then watching online this whole last year of them show up, make all these ridiculous threats, um, death threats, outwardly doxing, you know, saying the addresses of the houses of the supervisors, you know, during the public comment section. They think they're the silent majority. They're just the loud minority, you know. And so I decided, you know what, maybe it's time for us to come out and start speaking up. Yeah. And you created a character, Buford White, that mocks this very militia. Who's Buford? Buford White is just kind of like, um, he became this, it's this character that kind of represents all of the people of that mindset, <laughs> you know? It's just satire. We're going to take our county back, all right, from the Newsoms, all right, and from the and from the Board of Supervisors. We're going to strap up our dang old boots, ride our horses across an empty field in slow motion, even though we're never going to say what we're going to do, we're going to do something. We're going to do something big, and it's coming. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. Opponents call you a provocateur, and they've gone after you as well. They've released private information, mock you and even your family members. Why do you think they're so angry at you? I'm an uppity, <laughs> you know, to these people. I should not be as outspoken as I am and be able to say these things to these people you know, and it's so threatening to what they, they are and they're the way they are. 
And what what are they? Just supremacists, especially up here. Um, they haven't experienced much other culture. They they haven't grown up or had friends that were you know in communities of color with people of color. So they're just it's this old school mindset, this deep set racism up here that just gets passed down generation to generation. You know, these people like you watch these border supervisors meetings up here where they're just screeching ignorance and they'll bring their kids, you know, and it's just you just you're just watching the next generation of hatred growing up here with these people. Do you think some of these people affiliated with the militias have legitimate concerns? You know, taxes, the local economy, the shutdowns for coronavirus. <laughs> I don't think so at all, because the, if you look at the people that are leading this, the, the main voices for this, like Woody Clendenin owns his businesses. Carlos Zapata owns his businesses. Carlos Zapata literally says in his first initial video that went viral, he says, my family is starving. Our families are starving. This dude never shut down his business. <laughs> he never shut down his business. His family wasn't starving. Their goal here with this recall, I believe, is they just want to get members of their their militia into a political office. Their narrative is, oh, we want to recall supervisors because misuse of funds. But it's all just a Trojan horse for the real reason is that they want their group of people to have political power up here in Shasta County. Let's say you continue that activism right now. Do your character Buford. How would he respond to being interviewed by the L.A. Times podcast? <laughs> Uh, L.A. Times, <laughs> you mean the La La Times, <laughs> more like it, <laughs> got dang uh, liberal socialist media. <laughs> it's just everything they would say, you know, like, yeah, yeah I, was, I was part of the insurrection. Yeah, that was me up there stealing Pelosi's mail. <laughs> wow. It, it, it sounds like some of our letters to the editor's writers. But <laughs> thank you so much, Nathan, for this talk. Yeah, no problem. Carlos Zapata is a rancher, restaurant owner, and a member of Shasta County's Cottonwood Militia. He's also affiliated with a media production company called Red, White, and Blueprint. It creates slick videos chronicling the effort to oust three Shasta County supervisors, all conservatives, by the way. But members, including Carlos, have also threatened violence at public hearings. I asked him why he thinks a militia is even necessary. The reason that we've been able to secure our freedoms, our liberties, the reason that we're able to have this wonderful life that we live in Northern California is because we have a militia. You know, if we took that away, I think we'd be very vulnerable. Let's not mischaracterize what a militia is, okay? It's a constitutional term, and we are not what you think at all. I mean, this is a very community-oriented group. It's uh, people that, you know, coach baseball and basketball and doctors, lawyers. I mean, we're talking every walk of life. Why do you think people are afraid of it then? Because they're ignorant and uneducated on the subject. How so? Well, you tell me. I mean, you seem to not know a lot about it, you know? I mean, why, why, why would people, people, fear, people fear what they people don't know? People say you go to Black Lives Matter rallies and you're armed and people cite the uh, rhetoric. Geez, let, let me, no, no, no. Let me tell you how that really went down. The whole George Floyd thing was, was, was going on and there was a, a BLM protest that was being staged in Red Bluff, California, Tehama County, but also in Redding, California, Shasta County. The militia organized and mobilized to be there to keep the peace. Business owners asked us to be there 
to protect their businesses because historically we've seen what happened in other BLM protests and it ended up being a beautiful protest, you know, and we were proud of the people that were out there protesting. It was all smiles and high fives and handshakes and, you know, we, we were there with them protecting their right to protest. So we were protecting them just as much as we were protecting businesses. But that's not how Black Lives Matter protesters, including Nathan Pinkney, see it. Video from a street protest last year showed the BLM protesters outnumbered by counter-protesters, including Zapata, and an associate of his who gets in a shouting match with Pinkney and other demonstrators. Your people are over there. Your people are over there. 68 men. Dude, just back up. Now you're starting to appear in videos as part of this group called Red, White, and Blueprint with the hope of spreading a message nationwide. And what's that message? The message is that we need local control. Uh, we have to hold our local supervisors and elected officials accountable. I, I don't, you know, really care what your political affiliation is because our message isn't, hey, come over to the right. What we're trying to say is let's all come up on board together to expose the corruption that's happening in these counties. So our message is very unifying. You know, we welcome people from all walks of life. But when COVID cases were surging and strict lockdowns were in place, Zapata was not so interested in sending a message of unity. At a Shasta County Board of Supervisors meeting in September of last year, Zapata, unmasked, railed against county leaders and anyone who supported COVID restrictions on businesses and public gatherings. Because this is a warning for what's coming. It's not going to be peaceful much longer. It's not going to be raw rah It's not going to be speeches. It's not going to be gathering outside saying a pledge of allegiance. It's going to be real. I've been in combat. And I never want to go back again. But I'm telling you what, I will to save this country. If it has to be against our own citizens, it will happen. Zapata claims he was not all that political until a couple of years ago. Then came a global pandemic and the George Floyd protests. Zapata found common cause among like-minded people who nursed some of the same grievances over gun right issues and his interpretation of the Constitution. He's among those who, in the aftermath of the U.S. Capitol insurrection, believe that using violence to foment political change can sometimes be justified. Listen, when, when January 6th happened, we were all very excited that that could have been a turning point in our country's history, okay? Violence has a place in history. And I felt like at that point, man, we were at a boiling point. I mean, we were, we were at that point ready to fight because we felt like everything had been taken from us, you know? And, and listen, I don't always say the perfect thing. I don't always say what I should. But you get to know me again. It's easy to soundbite somebody, but it's very hard to have an actual conversation. I understand that you'd rather not discuss this criminal case involving you and another individual who mocked you online with videos. But that individual is also going to be on this episode as well. So just in the interest of fairness, I want to give you another opportunity to give your version of the conflict with activist uh, Nathan Pinkney. Uh, You know, (laughs) this is the most ridiculous thing of my life that a confrontation that led to absolutely nothing has made the LA Times. I mean, this has just gotten pulled out of proportion. He's an antagonist. He's an agitator. People have known this about him for years. I mean, I've heard about this guy for a long time. What do you think of the videos that he makes about you? You know, they're actually kind of funny. I mean, <laughs> I don't, you know, you put yourself out there, you're vulnerable to have things like that said about you and, you know, whatever. He does it in a way where he's trying to get under my skin. You know, I mean, the, the videos aren't what made me mad. There's a lot of stuff that he, he does. If you're a Trump supporter, you know, he's he's going to come after you. He's going to send you private messages, you know, and call you all kinds of names. I mean, these messages are out there. Like, I try to like the guy, you know, but you know how many people that want to do bad things to that guy? There's a lot. He, he should light a candle to me every day, thanking me, thanking God that I exist to stop those people. 
Thank you so much for this interview, Carlos. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys for taking the time to actually call me and interview me and get the story from my mouth. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Tomorrow, I turn the mic over to one of my colleagues for a dispatch about how Laotian Americans in California stayed connected during the pandemic through the good old-fashioned telephone. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Stephen A. Cuevas, and Denise Guerra. Our executive producer is Abby Fentress-Swanson. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our theme music is by Andrew Epen. And our editors are Shawnee Hilton and Julia Turner. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news and this madre. Gracias.